All right. Hello and welcome back to another episode of So Here's the Deal. I am your host, Brandon Keller, and if you are a returning listener, I want to thank you for coming back and spending a little bit of your day with me. I do so appreciate you coming back and being a supporter of the show. If you are a new listener, I want to take the time to welcome you as well, because I know just how valuable and important your time is. And the fact that you're spending a little bit of your time here with me today, I do take that very seriously. And I hope that it is time well spent. My parents' divorce was not pleasant as a child. I'm sure many of you can relate to that. I know that I am not unique in the sense that uh, parents divorcing caused stress and difficult times for the kids involved. It seems the kids involved always tend to take to heart that experience and it really impacts them um, regardless of the efforts by the mother and father to mitigate those experiences for the child. Emotionally, it does take a toll regardless of how well equipped the individuals going through the divorce um, are in dealing with the repercussions for their children. For me, my parents, unfortunately, um, involved me in particular in their divorce this particular day. Uh, I remember we lived in an old Victorian house in, in Illinois, and it was one of those Victorian homes that was built in the year 1900. So think to houses that you see like on scary movies and things like that. Uh, My first memory of this house is when we pulled up at night was the first time we were uh, coming to this house to stay when we were moving from Indiana to Illinois. And when we got there, they're like, "Okay." my parents were like, "Okay, we're here. And I looked out the car window and there was this little cottage looking house. I can still see it in my mind. It was a one story cottage looking think like storybook kind. It had a warm glow from the lights inside. It was just it was very welcoming. It was it was almost like a fairy tale story house, you know. Um, and I remember getting out and looking going, wow, that's, that's really nice. That's nicer than the other house we had. And my dad was like, no, 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 that's not ours. Ours is here. And then I turned around and that's where this two story Victorian haunted house essentially was facing me, uh, with a rickety old front porch and a lot of work that needed to be done to it. And my parents spent many, many years uh, restoring that house. It, I, I remember spending summer stripping paint from the fireplace, uh, sanding the hardwood floors, original hardwood floors, taking the crystals off of the chandelier and cleaning those. Uh, yeah, it, it was a house that constantly had a project going on. I remember helping in the landing of the home. There was like a little room that was probably maybe like a five by five square when you first walked in the front door that they put this tile mosaic in at the front. And I remember as a kid helping cut tile and watching that happen. So there was a lot of work that was done on that house, but this was the house we were in and it was, uh, it had a lot of windows, especially like in the kitchen area. So the kitchen was very bright that day. I remember that the sun was out and the kitchen was very bright that day. And I don't know what triggered my parents' argument that day, I never knew. I was a young kid at that point in time, but you could feel the tension in the house 
with my parents at this point in time. Their relationship had deteriorated to the point where neither one was really happy. Uh, I think my mother at that point was probably pretty well checked out of the relationship and my dad was still trying to fight to save it. I don't know for sure. That's just my take on it. This particular day, uh, they were arguing and I've always described myself as a very nervous individual. And I think that my nervousness and anxiety started then during their divorce. I think that's where I developed that because I never knew what was going to happen when dad got home. I never knew what was going to happen over the weekends. And it was it was you were walking on eggshells a lot of the times. Sure, we had good times as well, but there was always that tension in the house. You never knew what was going to happen. And so this particular day was just like every other. It was another day of just that nervous pit in my stomach. And then when things started to go wrong, Uh, They really went wrong and my parents were just going after it one way or another. And I remember being in the dining room and they were arguing and yelling. And I always stuck close to my mother whenever I was young when arguing happened. I wanted to hear what was going on because I was terrified my mother would just leave and disappear on me. And so I always kind of stuck close to her and kind of watched uh, the interaction between the two of them. And at one point in time, the argument got so heated that my father bent down and looked at me eye to eye and said to me, do you know what your mother said to me when you were born? That moment, I was terrified because I immediately went to, holy shit, he's not my dad. And my mom got upset and was yelling at him for bringing me into it and that he shouldn't have said that. And how dare he? At that point, my anxiety got so bad that I knew I was going to be sick. I ran to the kitchen, which was the closest room from the dining room. I ran into the kitchen and threw up in the kitchen sink. I was standing there just throwing up. And of course, my mom rushes to my side and is helping wash off my face and trying to get a rag and clean me up. And I'm still hovered over the sink and I'm just like, oh, God, I'm going to throw up again. It's just nasty. Right. And my dad rushes over to my right side and he's got his hand on my back and he's like, I'm so sorry, son. I didn't mean to do this. I'm so sorry. And I'm telling him it's okay, It's okay, And I'm like holding back another wretch, you know, to throw up. And my mom is just yelling at him to leave me alone and blah, blah, blah. The whole purpose of that story is I wanted to give you some insight into where my anxiety came from. All my life, I struggled with, like I said, being a nervous individual and having anxiety and just that constant nervous, sick feeling in your stomach that literally makes me ill. Sometimes that feeling of the anxiety just continued to grow over the years. Now, I remember a time when I was younger after my parents divorce that there was a time where my brother and sister had come to Texas to visit my dad. It was the first time we ever traveled to Texas after he moved here after their my parents divorce. And we spent the summer or a couple of weeks during the summer with him here. I think it was like two weeks we spent uh, during the summer with him here. 
And of course he had to work during the week. Uh, and so, uh, while he was gone to work, we stayed at home and, you know, watch TV, put together puzzles, things like that. And back then we always, I don't know why my family always had a subscription to reader's digest. It was usually always in the bathroom, but for some reason on that particular summer day, the copy of reader's digest was on the coffee table in the living room where I was watching TV. And so I picked up that Reader's Digest because on the cover that talked about an article on how to deal with anxiety and being someone who struggled with anxiety, I was interested. I thought, okay, here we go. This is going to be great. Now, I wish I could find that episode. I have done multiple Google searches to try and find this particular article, and I will continue to do so. And if I ever find it, I will link it to this episode so you can see the article yourself. But in that article, it gave some of the worst advice I have ever gotten in dealing with anxiety. Do you ever feel like life is just one big messy situation? Yeah, we've all been there. But here's the deal. On our podcast, So Here's the Deal, we're all about sharing stories and learning from each other to clean up our personal and emotional relationships. But you know what else? Our physical environment plays a crucial role in our overall well-being. When our surroundings are clean and organized, our minds can rest easy and our stress levels stay low. That's where Devere Chemical comes in. Devere Chemical provides top-notch cleaning solutions to keep your home, office, or business sparkling clean and sanitized. They understand that a clean space protects your mental sanity and safeguards your family, friends, and customers. So, if you're ready to take control of your environment, and create a sanctuary for yourself, head over to Devere Chemicals website today. They have a wide range of products to meet all your cleaning needs. Trust me, you won't be disappointed. Remember, life is messy, but with Devere Chemical, you'll be equipped to handle whatever comes your way. Visit Devere Chemicals website at DevereChemical.com and start cleaning up your world today. Because when it comes to finding balance and peace of mind, Sometimes all you need is a clean slate. Devere Chemical, the key to a cleaner life. So I have the Reader's Digest and I sit down on the couch and I'm thumbing through it as quickly as I can to find where that article starts. And in that article, it starts talking about how their life has all these triggers for anxiety and how you can manage them and avoid the, the triggers for anxiety. It was a lot about avoidance. And then as you got to the end of the article, it had this piece of advice that was just horrible for somebody like me. And the piece of advice was this. It was imagine that there is a telephone and that the telephone is ringing and that you tell yourself the phone is ringing, but I don't have to answer it. It can just ring. So for me, I sat there and thought, what kind of bullshit is this? I mean, I'm going to sit here and listen to it ring and ring and ring. What if it's important? What if somebody on the other line needs to get in touch with my mom or something happened with my family or one of my sisters or siblings or what have you? You know, it, it made no sense to me. Why wouldn't I answer the phone? And that advice of just the phone is ringing, but you don't have to pick it up. 
that thought gave me anxiety. It was the worst advice I could ever remember thinking. And so in the previous episode that I have recorded and published called Psychobabble Bullshit, I talk about how I used to think that um, self-help books and self-help and counseling and therapy was just psychobabble bullshit and that it wouldn't work for me. And the big reason as to why I thought that was because of this Reader's Digest article, because this article gave the worst The absolute worst advice for somebody like me who struggles with very serious anxiety. So the advice was horrible for someone like me because I was extremely young when I read it. So I will give them that. And I didn't know at the time that I was too young to really understand what the article was trying to convey and to put that theory into action, to not take it so literally. I focused on literally a phone ringing and not answering it. And that wasn't really, I know now that really wasn't what they were trying to convey. What they were trying to convey was, is that even though this may seem like something, an event in your life that is urgent and requires your immediate attention, that more often than not, things that we think are urgent and critical are not, and that we can actually give ourselves some grace and allow ourselves time to process what happened before having to come up with a plan of action to deal with whatever it is that ringing phone represents. I know that now, but as a child, I didn't. And so I equated that as just horrible advice because I couldn't really understand what they were trying to convey with that advice. So I jokingly say it's horrible advice. It's really not bad advice now when I think about it. But at the time, it was horrible because I couldn't. And I guess that's why, you know, kids generally don't read Reader's Digest. And I should have stuck with, you know, (laughs) comic books and things of that nature. The good thing is, is that I was able after some time to go back and rethink that story in my life. It's one of the good things about doing this podcast is that it forces me to think back over those fixed points in time in my life. Again, a reference for all you Whovians out there from Doctor Who. But in looking for stories to share for this podcast, um, it, it allows me the opportunity and the gift to go back. It really is a gift to go back and review what happened and relearn from those experiences. In a future episode, I will discuss the importance of revisiting long-held beliefs and asking the hard or difficult questions to challenge yourself to see if you still believe in them or not. It's something that is an exercise that I do quite often now in developing stories for this podcast, and it has been truly a gift for me because I've been able to go back and look at things that happened in my life through a different lens, so to speak. Even though it's still my life, I'm able to look at it now through the lens of somebody who has some life experience under his belt and who has gained some tools in how to process and think about those events that have happened in my life and the events that are currently happening in my life and to process them in a more healthy way. And that is something that um, is is really phenomenal. I, I, it's, it's one of those things that taking the time to sit down and rethink those things, it, it's very valuable. And I will be talking about it in a future episode. And in regards to anxiety, uh, it's something that I still struggle with today. It's something that I do 
you know, in full disclosure, I do take medication for it because um, it's something that everybody deals with and for different reasons. And it can be as simple as, you know, just a chemical imbalance. Everybody's made differently. And if taking a pill in the morning helps me to feel more able and capable to deal with uh, life, then, yeah, I'm all for it. I think it's a positive thing. And it is such a thing in my life that I want to learn more about it. Uh, I find that the older I get, the more I want to learn about my experiences in life. And my therapist, who I've uh, mentioned in Psychobabble Bullshit, actually gave me a uh, book to get that I purchased off of Amazon. I will put a link in this episode description to that book. It's called The Mindfulness and Acceptance Workbook for Anxiety. It's the second edition, and it's a guide to breaking free from anxiety, phobias, and worrying. Oh, I'm sorry. A guide to breaking free from anxiety, phobias, and worry using acceptance and commitment therapy. Uh, I have not even cracked this book open yet because it is one that my uh, counselor, therapist, whatever you want to call him, um, he wants to help me uh, start the process of working through this workbook. And then I will have time to independently progress through it at my own pace, which I think is phenomenal, which I, I think it's great. So, uh, yeah, I'll put a link to that in there again. I can't say yes or no, whether it is a good book or not, but it's one that I will be working through and I'm sure will come up in the future. Uh, but for now I'm going to say thank you for allowing me to take up a little bit of your time today while you listen to this. And I hope that you enjoyed it and that you gained something from the story about anxiety as well. And, uh, that is going to be all for this episode. I want to, again, thank you for sharing a little bit of your time with me today. I know we're all busy and your time is valuable and I do very much appreciate you spending some of it with me today. So Thank you all again. Uh, please don't forget to follow the podcast so you will be notified of future episodes and feel free to peruse the library of episodes that have already been uploaded if you haven't done so already. And I will see you in the next one.